Well, good morning again. I hope you are having a great day. Um, it was crazy. I, I looked at the calendar this morning, and it said June. Yesterday was June 1st, and it was Saturday, so I didn't really notice it. But this um, year has gone by incredibly, incredibly fast. And um, I guess I um, am surprised how much time um, continues to speed up somehow. Um, seems to go faster and faster. I don't know about you, um, but if you're somewhat observant, um, at times it seems like our world has gone crazy. And <laughs> I heard someone out there, mm-hmm. It, it was probably Burke. Um, but as you look at the news and you look at things going on in our world, it seems like people have lost the ability to reason and think with some sort of intelligence. You turn on the news and every day there is a new story about something going on, the, the shooting up in the northeast that just happened, um, and, and things that just break your heart and um, cause you just to question what's going on in our world, what's going on with people. Um, it, it seems like every day there is a, a teacher, um, a minister, someone who is in trouble for something with a minor. Um, I, I pulled up the news this morning just to see um, if, if I was right and just thinking that every day something else has happened. Um, and this was the, the first headline that popped up on breaking news. Louisiana principal resigns after being arrested at strip club while on a school field trip. And it's one of those things like you hear and, and it's like, can we not do better than this? And you look at social media, if you're on social media, Facebook or Twitter or even things like YouTube and you read the comment section and you see people who you talk to on a normal weekly basis who go on to social media and they say things that they would never say in public. And they argue and, bitter and, and bicker and fight with people. And you, you read it and you're like, where, where are people's minds? Like, that might not be the best place to have some of these conversations behind a keyboard. But allows you to say something with um, basically no consequences. And you always know what's going on in everyone else's life. You, you pull up social media and it reminds you of how much you don't have because you're reminded about what everyone else does have. And we have news stations whose sole responsibility is to follow around celebrities and report every single detail of their life. And we live in an age of information where you go back 20 years ago and you wanted to figure out how to do something and you had to research and now it's not the problem of not having enough information, it's the problem of having way too much information and having instant access to it. And 
so many times I think our response is, well, we just need to do a better job teaching people. Because we make a faulty assumption. We assume that if people knew the right thing to do, then they would do it. But you and I both know that's not entirely true because there is the evidence from your life and mine as well. Where we have known the right thing to do. And in the moment, we chose not to do it. And so we need, I think, more than ever, this ancient book, this collection of wisdom literature that's in the Bible. And we're going to spend the next several weeks in the book of Proverbs, particularly Proverbs chapters 1 through 9. And there are other books in this wisdom tradition, the book of Ecclesiastes, the book of Job, but we're going to focus specifically here on the first nine chapters of Proverbs over the next four weeks. And what you're going to find with wisdom is wisdom answers the most basic question of how do we live in this world? How do we live in this world? Because wisdom affects everything in your life. Everything from your relationships to your jobs, to money, the way you look at family and work, sex, responsibility, integrity, spirituality, and even the way you sleep at night. Being able to lay your head down on a pillow at the end of the night and go to sleep in peace. And what you're going to find through this series is everything in the wisdom tradition is connected. We, we think so many times of you have your life and then you have your spiritual life. But the wisdom tradition teaches us that wisdom is connected to everything. Your spiritual life and your physical life are not separate. They are one and the same. And your mind, body, heart, spirit, soul, strength, everything plays together and it's all interwoven into the fabric of creation. And so what you're going to find as we begin this series is your ability or inability to make wise decisions over time will directly affect the trajectory of your life. Your ability or inability to make wise decisions over time will directly affect the trajectory of your life. And here's how you know that's true. Because every single person in this room has made a decision at one point or another they regretted. You made the decision and then on the other side of the decision you're looking back and thinking, ah. I knew what the right decision was in the moment, and I didn't do it. And maybe you get the elbow from your spouse or the look, like, why did you just do that? Why, why did you do that? And it's because we failed to make the wise choice in the moment. 
So the book of Proverbs, the first nine chapters, are a collection of ten speeches from a father to a son. And included in this are three poems from a lady wisdom that's talked about in the text, and we'll kind of break this down as we get into it. But wisdom in the Hebrew is the word hokmah. Hokmah. It's spelled H-O-K-M-A-H. And hokmah is not just knowledge, but it's the ability to make good, just, right decisions. When you see people living in the world in the way that Christ wants us to, is in the way that it was supposed to be in the beginning, in the garden, when God created man and put him in a relationship, that is hokmah. It's the ability to make good, right, and just decisions and affects how we live in the world. It's, it's almost as if it's the moral law of the universe, this cause and effect relationship that's laid out. If you do this, then this is going to be the result. But if you choose to do this, this is going to be the result. And so it shows these two polarities of your choice and your decision and the way that it will affect your life. And if you ask me, as you look around the world, as you scroll through the news feeds, our world is in desperate need of wisdom. So wisdom begins in chapter 1 of Proverbs. The Proverbs of Solomon, and let me just tell you kind of how I'm going to do this series. Um, for this wisdom tradition, um, it was meant to be read aloud and listened to. And we get so consumed with wanting to see it on a screen or open up our Bible and read it for ourselves. I would ask for the next four weeks of this series, if you would just listen to the words. Um, if you want to turn there, um, mark it, write it down, but just listen to these words. Um, if you go to our version, to version, to the app, um, to the live feed, all of those passages are in there. And you can go back and look at, look at them later. Um, but I would just ask you during this series just to listen to these words and allow them to, to move past your head and your mind and, and sink down into your heart. So the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance for understanding Proverbs, parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. So one of the things you're going to notice as we jump into Proverbs is Proverbs is a feminine word. In Hebrew, you have masculine and feminine nouns. And Proverbs, chokmah, is a feminine noun. And that wisdom is personified in the text as a woman, as lady wisdom. In chapter 3, verse 13, 
Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. So wisdom is this woman. And it's described as something that's woven almost into the fabric of creation that is so valuable that the writer or the the wise sage here in Proverbs would say, do whatever you can to gain wisdom. Because she is more precious than silver, more precious than gold. And all the things in earth that you could gain and acquire and get for yourself, none of that compares to wisdom. And as I said, wisdom is described as this lady in chapter 1. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. So woman, this lady wisdom is described as a woman who's out in the streets, who's up on the wall, who's at the city gate, who makes herself available to everyone and who is crying out for anyone that will listen to take hold of her. It's almost as if wisdom is available to every single person if they would just hear her call. In a a tradition, looking back, a, a group of people who were so focused on their group and on their tribe and on their community, where there was knowledge for them that no one else could gain, the writer says, no, no, wisdom is available to everyone. And everyone has access to her. But you have to go and search out wisdom. You have to go and search and find wisdom. And so wisdom literature sets up this teacher Um, The sage and student relationship, the father and the son, instructing, here's how you live. And if you live this way, then everything in your life is going to go well. And if you don't live this way, and if you don't make these wise choices, then death and destruction is going to come. The reader, the hearer, us, we are the students in the classroom. But what I've come to love so much about this text and about this book, when I I first started reading Proverbs, it was very flat reading of here's what happens. And we're looking for the do's and the don'ts. Do this and don't do that. But the more you read it and the more you allow the text just to kind of soak into your heart and soul and spirit, You start to see this depth 
and complexity that is there that you probably never realized just reading it at face value. And so I would encourage you as we begin this series to go home and read just chapters 1 through 9 of Proverbs. To, to read it um, over and over and over. Even pull it up on the Bible app and just listen to it. Because it's, it's almost like reading Shakespeare. Do you remember back in high school, the very first time you read Shakespeare? And you came to class the next day and you're thinking, this was the most boring thing I've ever read. I do not want to keep doing this. And your professor, your, your teacher stands up in front of the class and starts explaining the depth of it. That it's not just some flat text. That there is a depth and a level of insight and understanding there that you never realized. And that's what the writer of Proverbs does. He, he takes these lessons, these speeches from a father to a son, and within them there is so much depth and knowledge and understanding. But one of the things that, that gives wisdom tradition so much trouble is at times things don't work out the way that we expect them to. Sometimes the wise find problems. Sometimes you do the right thing, the wise thing, the good thing, the just thing, and bad things happen to you. And that's why we have the book of Ecclesiastes and the book of Job. Because there's this practical side of, yes, if you will make these wise choices, most of the time it's going to turn out well. But here, here's the crazy thing. Occasionally, other people don't. And it has an effect on your life as well. Because your sin affects other people's life. And in the same way, other people's sin affects your life. But if we will step back and begin here with Proverbs, maybe we can gain some wisdom in how we discern and make right and just and good choices in our world. There are some stock characters that show up over and over and over again in this book. There is the wise and the foolish. There is the righteous and the wicked. There is the prudent and we'll, we'll kind of look at that word in a few weeks. Um, we, we think of prudent as a, a prude, um, we, very staunch, uptight. But there's some beauty to this word that we'll look at. And there's the simple. But wisdom has a bit of an attitude. And th this is what's amazing about wisdom. Is wisdom is there calling out to you at the gates, on the city streets. She's available to everyone. All you have to do is take hold of her. But then wisdom has a bit of an edge, has a bit of an attitude. She says, but since you refuse to listen when I call, I'm out in the streets calling out to you, but since you refuse to listen when I call and pay no attention when I stretch out my hand, since you dis disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, I in turn will laugh. When disaster strikes you, I will mock you when calamity overtakes you. 
When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you. Wisdom says, I'm, I'm available to everyone. All you have to do is seek me out, search for me. I'm there, I'm calling out to you. If you will search for me, you will find me. But, if you don't listen, if you choose to be the foolish person, if you choose to be the wicked person, if you choose to be the simple person, then I'm going to laugh. I'm going to mock you when you choose wrong. When your ways are simple, when your ways are evil, when they're wicked, you're going to have consequences. And I'm going to stand there and say, I told you so. I told you so. Listen. One of my favorite um, commercials, I think, in the history of the world is a State Farm commercial several years ago. Um, watch this. Oh, hey, Mike. Where do you have to? Uh, just diagramming this accident with my State Farm Pocket Agent app. Mm. You can also get a quote and pay your premium with this thing. I thought State Farm didn't have all those apps. Where'd you hear that? The Internet. And you believed it? Yeah. They can't put anything on the Internet that isn't true. Where'd you hear that? The, the Internet. Internet. Oh, look. Here comes my date. I met him on the internet. He's a French model. Uh, bonjour. State Farm, more mobile than ever. Get to a better state. And I don't know where Mike is, but I'll expect a discount on my insurance next month for the 25%. Um, no, I, I, I love that commercial because the, it, it is that just simple, well, you can't put anything on the internet that's not truth. I mean, and you see it all the time with people making choices, making decisions, and you step back and you're just like, oh, what? What were you thinking? What were you thinking? And, and for you and I, we find ourselves in those places so often too. Like, what, what was I thinking? I knew in the moment what the right thing was to do, and I didn't do it. So as we talk about wisdom, what we're not talking about is intelligence. We're not talking about an IQ. We're, we're not talking about the ability to just figure things out. We're talking about the wisdom to make the right and good choices. And what you're going to find in this wisdom tradition is wisdom and knowledge are tied together. That it's possible to have knowledge but not have wisdom. But if you find wisdom, you will gain knowledge. And the other thing that wisdom is tied to is grace. Grace is tied to wisdom. And so there is wisdom calling out in the street, making herself known, here I am, come and find me. But just as there is lady wisdom, there's another side. There's another side. And in Proverbs, they call her the adulterous woman. And as the writer, the, the teacher, the sage encourages, he says, my son, keep my words and store up the commands, my commands within you. Keep my commands and you will live. Guard my teaching as an apple of your eye. 
bind them on your fingers, write them on the tablet of your heart. Sounds a lot like Deuteronomy 6, doesn't it? Say to wisdom, you are my sister. And to insight, you are my relative. In other words, invite wisdom in to live with you. Because there's a flip side to wisdom. The foolish, the wicked, and personified as this adulterous woman. He says this, and I'm just going to kind of skip through a little bit of chapter 7. They will keep you from the adulterous woman, from the wayward woman, with her seductive words. Down in verse 10, then out came a woman to meet him. It's talking about this simple man walking down the street of the city. Then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute and with crafty intent. She is unruly and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the street, now in the squares, at every corner she lurks. She took hold of him and kissed him, and with a brazen face she said, Today I fulfilled my vows, and I have food from my fellowship offering at home. So I came out to meet you. I looked for you and have found you. I have covered my bed in colored linens from Egypt and perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us drink deeply of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. My husband is not at home. He has gone out on a long journey. With persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. So it personifies folly is this adulterous woman seducing this simple man. Seducing the fool. Saying, come, I'm just as good as wisdom. And where wisdom is something that you have to search out. The adulterous woman, the folly, is something that searches you out. It makes itself available to you and says, here, come and take me. And I love the way that he finishes chapter 7 off. He says, her house is a highway to the grave, leading down to the chambers of death. The seductive woman that comes out searching for you, luring you astray. Says, here I am. But her house is a highway to the grave. And here's the thing. I think most of us, like just just pull up the news. Pull up social media. And you see it is so true. That every day we see people seduced by folly. Who, who refuse to listen to wisdom. And all they find at the end of the road is death and destruction. Which looks, I think, a lot like our world today. But this writer, the sage voice, 
has a theme that's going to run throughout the book of Proverbs, but also going to carry into Ecclesiastes and into Job. And it's where wisdom begins. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And we've heard so many times, quoted from the Bible, don't be afraid. God says, do not be afraid. Or the words of Jesus that perfect love cast out fear. And we think, okay, why does he tell us over and over and over not to be afraid. And then he turns around and says, no, the beginning of wisdom is fear. I think there's two types of fear. There's a negative fear and a positive fear. The negative fear is a selfish fear because it's all about you and it's about what could happen to you. But there's another type of fear that's a positive fear. And that type of fear is all about the other person. It's a reverence. It's an awe. It's an understanding of who they are. One of my childhood heroes um, was a guy named Jose Canseco. A real winner. Um, And... There was a a card convention. Back when baseball cards were really popular, my dad would take me to these card conventions. And there was a convention where Conseco was going to be there signing autographs. And so my dad paid $20, and we stood in line for two hours, and we're walking through. And finally, we walk through this doorway, and we're about 15th in line from this table. And Jose Conseco is sitting there. And, like, if you remember this guy, I mean, this is back in steroid baseball era. Massive, massive. I mean, he's 6'3", 6'4", probably about 240, and sitting there signing autographs. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. And, And there was this sense within me as a little child of, this is Conseco. This is Jose Canseco. And just this sense of, I can't believe I get to stand in front of him. And, and, and some of you, you've, I'm sure you've had moments like that where you've met someone that you idolized and looked at, especially as a child, where it was like, man, this is so incredible. And it, it's in that vein, it's in that sense that the writer says, here's, here's where wisdom begins. With this fear and understanding, this knowledge of who God is. That God is the creator of everything. And that his ways are right and just and fair and good. And he is this good father who loves his creation. And it's ultimately not about my place in the world. It's ultimately about his place in this world. And that I don't just get to make up my own sense of right and wrong. It was there from the beginning, woven into the fabric of creation. It's how he created 
the world. And so you're left with this choice to choose. Choose. Choose wisdom or choose folly. And wisdom will make itself available and it will call out to you. And this folly, this adulterous woman will search you out and seduce you and put herself out in front of you and call out to you, cry out to you and beg you to come to her. She's available. But her house is a highway to the grave. Jesus often speaks in very similar tones to the wisdom tradition. As he's concluding the Sermon on the Mount, he talks about this parable. He says there was a wise man, and he went and he built his house on the rock. And there was a foolish man, and he went and built his house on the sand. And the rains came down, and the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against the house, and the house that was built on the rock stood firm. And the house that was built on the sand did not have a foundation that could withhold it. And as the song says, it went splat. And Jesus says to to you and I, choose. Choose where you're going to found your life. Where are you going to build your life? What foundation are you going to? to put it on? Is it going to be on Christ and His Word and what it looks like to live right and just and pure and holy in this world? Or are you going to be seduced by folly, by the adulterous woman who cries out, who calls out and says, come, let's go drink deeply of love till morning. And as attractive and seductive as she is, know that she always leads to death, destruction, and despair. Father, as we begin this series, um, we are faced with these choices. We're faced with these choices of which path we're going to go down, the wide road or the narrow road which gate we're going to enter through, what foundation we're going to build our house on. And Father, for us here, we want to be a people who build our house on the foundation and the rock that is Jesus Christ. And we allow Him to be our rock. And we allow Him to be the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. And Father, we pray that you would give us the insight and the understanding. Um, Father, the fortitude, the strength to resist the seductive woman that is constantly coming out at us with more and more information, with more and more temptations. Father, may we be strong in Christ to withstand. Because Father, you have said you are always going to provide a way for us to stand up 
under the temptations we face. Father, give us that strength. Give us that fortitude that we may stand with you. Father, we're grateful for this time together. We pray your blessing on us this week. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.